Hello, everyone. Welcome to a Market Scale podcast here at New Orleans Cable Tech Expo, where we're connecting with industry leaders on the latest and greatest in cable technology and telecommunications. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and I'm pleased to welcome Kevin Morgan. He's the Chief Marketing Officer at Clearfield, which is a company that holds itself to the high standard of bringing fiber to anywhere. I'm excited to chat with Kevin today. Kevin, great to have you on. How are you doing? Nice to meet you, Daniel. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So, just initial thoughts from the show. How's yeah. it going so far? Technology that's exciting you? Um, maybe general trends that you're looking forward to, to talking about? Sure. I mean, I sat in on a couple of keynotes this morning, and it was interesting to see that much of the dialogue is all about more broadband, 10G. Yep, 10G is 10G. the big thing here mm -hmm. for the, the cable side. And this is just a continuing trend of higher and higher bandwidths, more and more demand. And now the focus is starting to shift from speeds and feeds down to the quality of the links that are there, the latency, how are we able to achieve that? And right. so there's a lot of discussions going on here and I think that's going to continue as a trend more on latency. That'll be the pressure for the, for the industry for a while. For sure. Well, I mean, low latency is such an essential piece of mm -hmm. 10G infrastructure and 10G rollout. Sure. So making sure to achieve low latency X-Hall is gonna be big. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, um, juxtaposed to the 10G, yeah. 5G right. uh, has been preaching the, the need for a low latency for many you know, months and years, I yeah. guess, uh, in the making of release 15, release 16. Uh, and release 16 of the 5G standard is where low latency will come into play with a massive machine-to-machine -machine communications, sure. as well as the ultra-reliable low latency communications. Those applications can't work without low latency. And oh, by the way, you can't work those without fiber. Right, which exactly. Which is where we fit in. Boom. Subtle plug there, yeah. I love it. So Clearfield's whole message is making fiber deployment easy, and mm -hmm. you try to do that with your innovative solution. So right. what are the newest or at least most exciting applications for fiber that are demanding those innovative solutions? So you know, uh, fiber deployment is not new. We've right. been deploying for you know a decade or more, almost two decades now. Right. And so it's interesting to be a part of this industry at this point in time, because you would think by now, maybe you've created all of the right products and it's, it's been able to achieve a lot of um, milestones, sure. which it has. But there are always still room for improvement, which we're looking at. And we're constantly listening to our customers, trying to figure out what it is their needs are. And so one of the things we're announcing at this show is a new product in our UREX product family, UREX, the multi-purpose terminal. Okay. With that, you're able to do some things that heretofore you weren't able to do. Right. Uh, in this device, you can actually mid-span a fiber cable, you can express the, the fibers onto the next point of termination downfield, or you can terminate the fibers there. Okay. And you can also integrate different types of optical components, splitters, CWDM, DWDM, optical sure. components, as well as uh, effectively splice in this terminal. So. Until now, we haven't been able to do that in one device. Now you can do it in this device. Yeah. It can be aerially deployed or put underground or on a pole, a lot of options. So yeah. it's really kind of the, the you know, evolution of this industry right. has driven us to this point. And really, you know, we're trying to simplify the fiber deployment. Uh, you really want to get it to be craft friendly. So yeah. that's again, one of the ways in which we develop the products it's really field engineering. It's trying to understand what are those engineers and the technicians in the field struggling with. And yeah. so you keep a keen eye on that and you're able to do some things that are kind of creative. Yeah, well, I mean, if you keep your ear to the ground right. and reflect your solutions based on what the technicians need, what the end users need, it's obviously gonna be the 
the most efficient use of you know R and D and of putting out a new solution. That's right. um, everything you're describing sounds like an improvement on scalability. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, how are these applications guiding the way for the industry as it looks to scale 5G, 10G, uh, you know, repurposing fiber infrastructure? Yeah. So fortunately or unfortunately, we're in a state in times of demographics and population where the baby boomers have really built a lot of the network yeah. and they're, they're getting out of the, the network in terms of their technical services and operations knowledge and engineering capabilities. Mm -hmm. And there's a new crop coming on board. And this is a pretty drastic change for the industry. So we're trying to simplify things yeah. so that as these new uh, employees become into the industry, it makes it easy for them to continue on with that fiber deployment that they've already, you know, blazed a trail on yeah. all these companies. Love it. It's a tough thing because I mean, there is a, there is a real labor shortage for skilled labor in this, in this country. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's, I think that's a, a larger trend. There's a lot of need for skilled labor. Um, and so in the absence of getting very, very skilled laborers with uh, certified fiber optic technicians, there uh -huh. are ways in which you can design a product so that with a half a day of training, you can teach someone how to turn up a fiber network. Amazing. Yeah. Well, and I think that's often what keeps fiber costs up is mm -hmm. the labor. Um, I know Clearfield aims to cut that 70% of fiber deployment costs considerably by reducing that need for skilled labor. Mm -hmm. I just want to ask, do you think that that's the right way forward for the industry to set it up for the future, right? Mm -hmm. Removing that need for skilled labor going forward. And I do agree we are seeing a skilled labor shortage mm -hmm. across all industries, engineering, construction, manufacturing. Um, it's definitely a challenge to get young yeah. people excited and to get them trained to where yeah. they need to be. But does reducing the barrier to entry and the economic gains, does that compensate for then that lack of deep industry knowledge? You know, I guess, how do you balance that? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, you know, when we think about our approach, yeah. it's all about trying to simplify things for the craft yeah. uh, technician. Uh, a simplified, craft-friendly approach to fiber deployment. That's really where, we're, where our sweet spot is. And whether it's a skilled technician or an unskilled technician, mm -hmm. our objective is still the same. Yeah. Uh, and so even if you have 20 years experience, you're going to welcome these innovations that we're <laughs> right. bringing to market because it'll make your job easier. You yeah. can turn up more connections faster. Uh, you can deploy more services and get more revenue quicker. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, um, you're trying to overcome those barriers of very difficult, skilled uh, technicians to be able to allow them to now start to understand how to do things. And as they do it, they'll add more skill sets right. along the way. Right. What are some methods that you have for teaching and preparing that next generation of field technicians and engineers beyond mm -hmm. just this technology, right? Empowering them with the industry knowledge they need to provide quality solutions and be part of the, the future of telecom and broadband. So a few years ago, Clearfield set up uh, what's called Clearfield College. Nice. We have uh, Clearfield College online as well as we'll do suitcasing and, and teaching. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a wealth of uh, information in our field engineers or applications engineers that is untapped unless you're a Clearfield customer. Mm -hmm. When you buy Clearfield products, we'll go on site and help them get first offices turned up for their first applications. But we've taken that information and now created courses yeah. that anyone can take. Uh, just recently, uh, within the last year, we announced the Clearfield College is offering a, a Fiber Optic Association, FOA, Certified Fiber Optic Technician course, S mm. uh, CFOT. Okay. This is a course that with, I think, three or four days of 
of training, uh, a technician can get certified and what would normally be a full semester class, I can do it with hands-on training from skilled people that have been in the business, teaching them the real ropes of how to connect fiber. Yeah. And so those, the combination of the online and the, the classroom training is, is where we're at. And we're all trying to solve this thing as quick as possible because sure. the quicker you can solve it, the more fiber gets deployed, the more products get deployed, we get right. a lot of Money. good things. Yeah. Cha-ching, I yeah. love it, yep. So beyond Clearfield, I know you also serve on the board of directors for the Fiber Broadband Association. Right. Um, as of recently, you were made chairman right. as well, which is pretty incredible stuff. Congratulations, by the way. Um, so the organization is working to propel fiber broadband into our interconnected future. Mm -hmm. In what ways has the organization already achieved that or tried to achieve that? Yeah, so if we look at the latest stats, I mean, we have uh, already passed 39.2 million homes marketed in the U.S. Great. Uh, we have 18.2 million homes connected with fiber. Mm -hmm. That's about 30% of the overall households in the U.S. Uh, when you add in what's been happening on the gigabit trends for the cable side, for example, mm -hmm. DOCSIS 3.1 yeah. allows gigabit services. They cover about 60% of the market. We cover about 30% of the market. So over, at least over 80%, because we have some overlap, over 80% of Americans have access to gigabit services now. So that's a big uh, you know, achievement that uh, has happened over the last 19 years since we've been in existence as an association. Yeah. So as this interconnected future becomes more of a reality, mm -hmm. and we start to see smart cities become less of a sci-fi kind of dream and more of something that, okay, yeah, this is actually tangible, mm -hmm. this is reachable, and we have municipalities actually partnering with organizations and companies to roll out 5G deployment, or at least just general smart city infrastructure. Right. Um, as that becomes more of a reality, what kind of collaboration has been needed among providers, suppliers, consumers, device makers, the whole nine yards, uh, to adapt the tech and deployment for this new age of fiber broadband? One of the things we challenge, uh, we get challenged with all the time. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot, as you mentioned, a lot of momentum on smart cities. Sure. And as we go to these smart city conferences, it's not unusual that there are many discussions about the applications, yeah. uh, the economic development, the the great gains that will be uh, achieved once this smart city infrastructure is in place. Yeah. But it, unfortunately, uh, many of the talks that I hear uh, discount um, the need for fiber. Mm. It's almost, that's taken for granted. It's not for granted, it's not deployed everywhere. We need, still need fiber. Smart cities infrastructure required fiber. Um, so our message with the Fiber Broadband Association is much like Clearfield, is to get fiber deployed in all those situations and have that infrastructure that is the glue that holds everything together yeah. is become the fiber optic uh, network. Definitely. What kind of uh, organizations, people, uh, maybe um, different positions or sects within the industry have you all found the most benefit collaborating with? Has it been the end users, the suppliers, the mm -hmm. device makers? You know, who, who has really helped prop up that transition? Yeah, I think when you look at trends, mm. uh, more than municipalities. Oh, cool, yeah. The, the municipalities themselves, the, the towns, the cities, that really want to do the right thing for their citizens. And they have been driving a lot of this uh, activity, creating the, you know, the types of environments in which we can have this ecosystem come together. Yeah. How has the um, Fiber Broadband Association approached 
education and educating the workforce mm -hmm. on these new opportunities, as well as maybe setting industry standards so companies like Clearfield are prepared? Yeah, so as part of the Fiber Broadband Association, we have different uh, committees, okay. subcommittees. We have a technology subcommittee that works to try to define the types of minimum required uh, knowledge for fiber deployment. And they've taken that as a committee. Uh, these are all volunteers, by the way. Yeah. That are industry experts. Create this minimum set of, of required information that's for, for certified fiber deployment. Created a test that covers all of those criteria. And then working with training companies like Light Brigade uh, have been able to execute, let them do the teaching, mm. and then they take the test that's certified by the Fiber Broadband Association to get their installers or technician certifications for either outside plant engineering or, or whatever the function is. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's very much a push and pull, yin and yang thing. Sure. And who do you think inevitably carries the responsibility to educate the workforce, in your opinion? Is it organizations like FBA? Is it individual companies like Clearfield? Is it up to the technicians themselves to seek out the education? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I think it's an incumbent on all of us yeah. uh, to jump in the game. Uh, the training that's required is, is, is really important not to overlook. And so I think from a supplier standpoint like Clearfield, we're very much interested in it. We've invested, we've put together a lot of information for that training. The associations that are in existence for the sole purpose of more fiber deployment has latched onto that. Um, and then we see a, a lot of demand from uh, individuals who are mm. wanting this type of training. So I think it's everybody in the, in the entire value chain is, is responsible for that. Yeah. I mean, if it doesn't happen, it, it, doesn't it, happen, right? it really kind of uh, deflates the entire fiber industry. Right, right. Um, something else that I enjoy about FBA is that you all have some dedicated legislative action that you try mm -hmm. to push as well. So, you know, you're sure. going to small governments, uh, state governments, and then D.C. as well. Right. Um, so what kind of legislative action has FBA been able to spearhead? How has that affected the industry? We've done a number of things over the years. Yeah. Um, and I'll give you one example real quick. Um, just a couple of years ago, there was a, a consumer group that wanted to uh, mandate that anytime the fiber service was deployed to a home and yeah. user, mm -hmm. uh, you would require a battery backup. Now, the, the purpose of that was to require uh, for 911 services, you wouldn't want to have anything go down. But the flip side mm -hmm. is that increases the cost for deployment. Right. And so, as an association, we got involved to do some studies to understand okay, what is the cost? Will this be a barrier to deployment? And it was. And so we were able to work with the FCC to let them understand what the, what the con would be yeah. of doing that. And fortunately, was able to come to a compromise where the, the um, FCC basically allowed people to deploy fiber services to end users without battery backup, but you would have to supply battery backup if the consumer wanted it. Hmm. So that was a good compromise. Okay. And we were also involved in many other things. Uh, right now, the Rural Digital Opportunity Fund, RDOF, hmm. um, is recently announced in the last few months from the FCC, authorizing $20 billion, B, with, with B right? Yeah, B. Over, over a 10-year period um, for the purpose of going at, to the unserved areas yeah. in the, in the Great. US. Uh, we're way behind that. I mean, we're pushing that. We're in the Right now, we're in the comments 
period of that. Yeah. The FCC works, uh, they, they issue uh, the initiative out in the register, federal sure. register. You have 45 days for comments. We're in the comment period now. Once that comment period closes, they come back. And over the period of time, we'll develop rules for who would be authorized to get the money, how would they be able to spend it, yeah. who would they go and serve, all these types of things. And of course, our interest is to have a seat at the table yeah. and be one of the tools in the toolbox that any deployer could use. And yeah. because fiber, um, one of the other studies that we do and have done is uh, focused on the economic development impacts. It mm. improves GDP 1.1% in those areas that have already de deployed it. That's a pretty big number. Yeah. And um, incre increases home values, you know, 3.1%. It increased uh, apartment rent 8.1%. Mm. So these types of things, when you introduce fiber, mm. it, it's a game changer. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, you mentioned interconnected uh, nation, right? Yeah. You mentioned getting fiber to those underserved areas. Right. Um, I've also noticed FBA has a focused Latin American presence. Oh, yeah. um, and often this conversation is around, you know, let's connect to the United States. Mm -hmm. We have to make sure we get broadband and just internet services to rural America, which mm -hmm. is still lacking. Uh, and rightfully so. Um, but, you know, it's interesting to see that the FBA also is trying to push that further, right? Mm -hmm. Connecting the whole world, or at least connecting um, the Americas. Right. So why the focused emphasis on that larger kind of connection? Um, what kind of impact has the FBA been able to have on Latin America? So the Fiber Broadband Association, uh, which changed names a couple of years ago from mm -hmm. the Fiber to the Home Council or FTTH Council, has been in existence since 2001. Yeah. So early on, uh, we developed Fiber to the Home Councils around the world. So there's a Fiber to the Home Council Europe, yep. Asia Pac, uh, different areas. The Latin America did not have a Fiber to the Home Council. They became a chapter nice. of North America. And so we're basically there as a resource for the same types of things that fulfill the mission of more fiber deployment uh, for Latin America as well. So uh, there are a number of our suppliers that do business both in North America and Latin America. We're one of them. Yeah. Um, and it just makes sense to help provide a, a you know, one voice for all things fiber uh, to become the expert on uh, methods for deployment and best practices and technical committees that people can serve on. So it's really all part of you know that collective effort to drive more fiber deployment. And you'd be surprised. I went to the Latin America's LATAM show for mm -hmm. the Fiber uh, Broadband Association in March, and okay. it was in Sao Paulo, Brazil. A, a, a huge event. I mean, there, Brazil is in the lead for fiber deployment in Latin America as well as Mexico, number two. Nice. And they're kind of neck and neck. They're leading the way for Latin America as all the other countries, you know, Peru, Chile, Argentina, yeah. Bolivia, all of them look to the Mexico, what's going on in Mexico and, and Brazil. Yeah. And they get on, on board. Interesting. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that about does it for the interview. Um, any... Uh, Anything that's really exciting you about the international adoption of some of these large-scale technologies? I mean, I know that Asia is basically going to be getting 5G first, um, or at least I don't know. Uh, maybe just on a, on a large scale. Um, from a scale perspective. Yes, from a scale they'll, they'll, perspective, they'll, they'll outpace the rest of the world. Correct. From scale. Right. But, but they have, you know, dense populations. Right. So that that's always going to be the case. Right. So. 
how do you see that um, maybe trend-setting scale that Asia is going to set on mm -hmm. deploying 5G impact how the states approaches the future of 5G yeah. uh, and fiber? I'm really excited about 5G. Yeah. Um, as a company, uh, as a fiber evangelist, and <laughs> it's uh, it's really exciting now to see uh, how as we've deployed fiber to the home, yeah. fiber to the business, now it's fiber to the cell sites, fiber to the antenna. Uh, as 5G comes on board, I don't know how familiar you are with those terms, but sure. in the antenna, radio head, going back down to the broadband unit, going back into the core of the network, mm -hmm. all along the way there's fiber, need yeah. for fiber. Right. They've taken what was a backhaul uh, and front hall and split it up to add this mid-haul functions, mm. all fiber related, yeah. and so there's going to be needs for uh, new devices come on the market, which we can meaningfully participate in, to basically provide handoffs between the wireless mobile network operators and, let's say, a, a fiber a local fiber provider. Because many of the companies that you think of when you think of 5G, you may think of the big four hmm. uh, wireless operators. They may not have facilities based in all of the areas that they want to cover, so they're going to have to do business with local fiber providers. Uh, uh, wholesale, right? So there's going to be have, have to be handoff points naturally throughout all that network. That's new devices, yeah. new demarcation points. All right, well, thank you again for joining us. It was a pleasure getting to chat. Again, we were yeah. speaking with Kevin Morgan. He's the CMO of Clearfield. Kevin, pleasure getting to speak yeah. and uh, looking forward to seeing you out on the trade show floor. Appreciate it, Daniel. Thanks for the opportunity.